the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, he's one half of music's best-selling duo of all time, Hall & Oates, with 10 number one albums, hits like Sarah Smiles, She's Gone, and Out of Touch. John Oates has sold over 80 million albums and has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. John's going to give you the scoop on his fifth solo album, Good Road to Follow, and DVD, Another Good Road, that gets you up close and personal. Good Road to Follow with John Oates. Groove along to the bluesy notes. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, I like that. Hey, thank you. Well, it's great to have you with us today. Good. Anytime you can uh, bluesy notes and oats, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so Another Good Road, the TV special just premiered on Palladia in January. So what has the response been to that? Oh, it's been great. You know, I did an album called Good Road to Follow uh, in 213 and 214, and I was so proud of that music that was on that record. I, I kind of wanted, in a way, to extend the life of that, that record. I mean, you know how you put out an, an album or a music uh, in these days, and people pay attention for a little while, and then, of course, the world moves very quickly. Yes. So I thought if I assembled a great group of players and singers in the studio, and we recorded live and kind of gave it a kind of a little bit of uh, that live energy that you can only get when you play live. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I had some new songs that I had written in the interim, and I wanted to record those as well. So um, it was a chance for me to kind of show the kind of musical influences that made me want to be a musician as a little kid and way before I met Daryl and way before I started working, you know, as Hall & Oates. So it was a chance for me to really kind of go back to the past to go forward into the future, if uh -huh. that makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Now, is it true that all of those performances were one take? Yes, absolutely. The players that I had in that room were so good, and the singers. Yeah, what we did was we um, we set up in a studio, and we put a curtain behind us to make it look kind of cool, and we just recorded, we played through it. We, we played it maybe once or twice, each song, and then we said, okay, that's the best take. We'll do that one. Okay. And the whole thing was done with one camera. So we went back, then we'd play the song maybe two or three times just so the cameraman could get different angles. Uh -huh. And then that was it. And the next day, we had booked some studio time to fix it and repair it or whatever. And we came in, and when we listened to everything, we went, this is, doesn't need anything. It sounds great. you got to love it when that happens, you know? You know, it's funny. My engineer, at the end of a long, what, 12, 13-hour day, he said to me, he said, John, you know, so much could have gone wrong today, and so much went right. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where, you know, the, the musical gods were looking over my shoulder, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, that is almost unheard of. Well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, with, with all the modern technology and recording videos, you know, you have the ability to do anything, really, sure. uh, as you know. Um, but we, we really didn't want, we wanted to capture that essence of, of what happens when a band just nails it, and that's what it's been about. Yeah, and you guys nailed it. Music icon John Oates here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You didn't really solo music until around 2000. I know you said you had to go back to the beginning to move forward. So was that part of the process, you trying to find who you were as just John Oates? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it did take a while. In terms of solo recording, my first solo album that I did in 2000 was really just a collection of songs that I had. Maybe I wrote one or two more. Um, it was just kind of get it out of the way kind of thing. Uh -huh. yeah. do it. And then I did an album in Nashville in 2007 called Thousand Miles of Life. Okay. And that was my first actual recording in Nashville. And 
once I drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, <laughs> I was really bitten, you know, with the Nashville bug. And so we, we got a place in Nashville, began to make friends and be part of the musical community. And then I made another album in 2010, which was called Mississippi Mile. And on that one, what I wanted to do was pay tribute to uh, the music that I played before Hall and Oates. Delta blues, folk music, uh, traditional American music, swing, uh, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, by doing a tribute album, basically, you know, I did everything from Chuck Berry to Curtis Mayfield to Doc Watson to Mississippi John Hurt and all sorts of things. That really opened the door for me and then I realized, okay, this is my calling. This going back to my personal roots is where I I should start to go forward. These projects, these current projects, Good Road to Follow and Another Good Road, are really the fruits of all that, you know, okay. that experimentation. Now you've done some collaborations with One Republic's Ryan Tedder, with Stone Cold Love, Hot Shell Ray, and Vince Gill. So what was it like getting in the studio with somebody other than Daryl? <laughs> No, it's, it's been great. You know, I've found there's a lot of common ground between, you know, with the work I've done with Daryl in terms of collaboration and, and the collaboration that I've done with, you know, the new friends. Yeah, you know, I think musicians tend to approach things, you know, in a similar way. Mm-hmm. The Ryan Taylor collaboration was totally unique and weird, um, okay. but weirdly amazing. He's so busy, you know, and he does so much that he and I, you know, wanted to get together. And it took us quite a while to find a, a day when we were both free. Okay. And when we did, I went to his house, his home studio in Denver, and he told me literally when I got to the door, he said, look, man, I got four and a half hours. Wow. And I said, okay. And he programmed a track while I was sitting there with headphones on, and I had no idea what he was doing. I didn't know what key he was in. I didn't know the style. I didn't know the vibe. So while I was sitting there, I had a title called Stone Cold Love, and I decided to write lyrics. For about 45 minutes, I just tapped out a bunch of lyrics on my laptop, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, in about an hour later, he took his headphones off and said, check this out, and he had this slamming track. And I said, well, I said, while you were doing that, I was doing this. And he goes, that works perfect. Let's do it. Wow. And he started singing some things. I started singing some things. And he coached me through, you know, the vocal, the kind of the way he was hearing it. Mm-hmm. And literally, we were done in four and a half hours. He literally got up and said, I'm done. And then on his way out, I said, well, what about a guitar solo? He goes, I'll send my engineer down and you can do a guitar solo. I said, okay. And he left and he said that was the fastest song he's ever done. Wow. So we literally wrote it, recorded it, and finished it in four and a half hours. And you didn't know what he was doing and he didn't know what you no. were doing, but it worked. It was really strange because he had headphones on. I could see that he was programming. I could see his Pro Tools tracks appearing on the screen. Yeah. But I had no idea what he was doing. So when I was writing the lyrics, rather than actual writing lyrics with a rhyme scheme, and meter and all that I just wrote random images uh-huh. because I figured well one way or the other we can craft this into something and that's exactly what we did we we crafted these random images into you know into a lyric so another musical magical moment yep it really was. Oh. So now are you touring? Uh, I just finished a solo tour uh, okay. this past month. I started in New York, went to Nashville, went to California, northern and southern, went to Chicago, went to Colorado. Uh, so that was my quick, you know, kind of, uh, my solo tours had to be, you know, kind of fast and furious. So okay. I did that. Um, I'll do more solo touring as the year goes on, but I'll do it sporadically. Okay. I'm going out with Daryl, actually, tomorrow uh, for a few days, and then we're touring... Um, through March, May, June, July, and in August I'll do a few more solo shows, so it's kind of here and there, I'm doing both really. Okay, you guys just performed at the White House for Barack Obama, how'd that go? 
It was amazing. It was really incredible. He was really cool. His wife was great. Michelle gave us honey from their beehive. Okay. Which was really, really cool. And they were really into it. They were sitting directly in front of me during the show, literally four feet away. Wow. It, it was really surreal in a way. And then when we, you know, we were supposed to do five songs, and we were told to do five songs, and that was it. So we did our five songs. And then I looked down, and he, he kind of spun his index finger around in a circle and went, one more, one more. <laughs> and so we said, okay. So we did one more. And then, then he went, one more. And we were like, okay. So we did another one. And then after we got off stage, the aides and all the people from, you know, the White House staff uh-huh. came around us, and they said, we have never seen him do that. We never asked for more songs. There's always, you know, four or five songs, see you later, bye, and, and it's all done. He goes, I can't believe that he wanted more. He said he that was, was into it. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> Traveling and making music with Daryl for so many years, I'm sure you've learned how to get along with each other, but what were your biggest fights about? Uh, you know, I know it seems odd, but we've never really had a big fight. We've okay. had disagreements. We've had a lot of disagreements, like on the creative side. And okay. mostly, mm-hmm. You know, on the business side, we've almost always been on the same page. When we had creative differences in the studio, for instance, like on how to approach a certain song or recording or whatever, mm-hmm. we would try it in different ways and see what happens. Okay. And then usually, usually the, the cream rises to the surface, and that's kind of what would happen. So you would always try each other's ideas out, and then you'd both decide on which one was better, basically. Well, I recommend that only in a duo because then you only have to call twice. (laughs) Very true. I wouldn't recommend it for a five-piece band. Right, right. Very true. And then did you record things individually or did you record together? Uh, Well, both. Both. You know, know, really, I think the best thing, whether it's songwriting or making a record, is the rules are no rules. You bring in there, you... You surround yourself with the best people possible, whether it's on the technical side in terms of engineering and stuff like that. And then you surround yourself with the greatest musicians you can find, and good things happen. You know, you let them do their thing, and you kind of control it and craft it in, in your own way. You know, it's like being like the captain of, of a ship or a plane or something. You, yeah. you, you, you kind of fly it in the direction you want to go, but you're open to, uh, you know, detours along the sure, way. yeah. Got to take our own little detour right now. We'll be right back with the second part of our interview with John Oates right after this. You're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show. Here's John with Lose It in Louisiana off of Good Road to Follow. if you're going to lose it, lose it in Louisiana. If you're going to lose it, lose it in After this broken heart I brought down to New Orleans I found a riverboat poker chip and some Mardi Gras beads And a lipstick number on the mirror written under said Call me if you stay in town I got a back home ticket but I think I'm gonna miss it And do a little hanging around 